Hello, everybody. Welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode with W. Kamau Bell was recorded after his show at 6th and I. Uh, it's a wonderful venue in Washington, D.C. W. Kamau Bell's show, Totally Biased with W. Kamau Bell, returns to FX on Thursday, May 9th, and then uh, they'll be doing the weekly show. And then in the fall, it goes to FXX, and it will be five nights a week. So that's pretty exciting. I actually was lucky enough to interview W. Kamau Bell back in November 2011, before all this FX Chris Rock stuff happened. So it was kind of cool to see what the last 18 months has been like for him. Uh, so that's this show. This Saturday night at the Artisphere in Arlington, Virginia, we'll be doing You, Me, Them, Everybody Live on a big screen. It's the first time we're filming the show for a pilot. We're using that big screen too, so it's a lot of uh, pre film stuff, a lot of great music videos, a lot of great guests. All that info could be found at You, Me, Them, Everybody Dot com. Without further ado, here's W. Kamal Bell and I talking about, you know, stuff. So, thanks for downloading. Is it okay if we start? Yes. you want to get the hell out of here as soon as possible. No, yeah, we can start. I'm just doing the post-show. I understand. So, you go through your tweets after the show. You go through tweets and... I saw you contact Dave Zyron after he said a positive thing on Twitter. Like, hey, come meet me after the show. Yes. No, I, well, he he was on Totally Biased. He didn't I know, I know. But okay, at the yeah. same time, that yeah. means you're obviously checking Twitter. Yes, no. It's Well, you know, it's kind of like weirdly, if you... Cool things can happen. Like, I've met Vernon Reed, who now I do a podcast with, who's mm-hmm. a guitar player from Living Color. Mm-hmm. And he wrote, and now he's written the theme song for Totally Biased, and all that happened because I tweeted at him. Really? <laughs> so, so I find that Twitter can be a very sort of, it's a way to get to people. I mean, I'm not trying to get to anybody. I don't have to try to get to everybody, but people will be sort of open on Twitter in a way that you wouldn't, I couldn't text message these people, you know. Why, though? I think in a way it's a little bit easier, because if they say no, the rejection is blatant, or maybe they feel like they have to do it because it's a public forum. No, I think, because you can just ignore people on Twitter. You don't have to okay. respond. You, you know, mean so, like, it was just in the timeline it got buried? Yeah, or you just don't, yeah, you don't have to, people sort of understand if you don't hear back from, I've tweeted at people who haven't gotten back to me, and I've tweeted people who haven't gotten back to me, who, and, I, and people tweeted me, and I sort of, mm-hmm. I sort of, I was talking to a partner before the show, I've been on, I've very recently been on the other side of this where, I was not that I'm somebody, but I, I was like not known. Like when I tweeted at Vernon, I was just a comic who was like, yeah. "Hey man, you want to come see my show in New York?" And thinking he would never come, yeah. and he showed up, and then we became friends. So I I understand that if you re- if you talk to people on Twitter, it really means something. You know, it, it can yeah. be like you know, it's I mean, it's just I'm not trying to make myself out to be somebody important, but it's just nice when you like people when they will respond to you. Yeah. you know? like, Absolutely. So, on the other end of that, have you blocked anybody? I've I've only blocked a handful of people. It would be interesting to see what the numbers are when people are because a lot of times if people come at me with straight hate, yeah. If I have time, I will actually just try to like screw with them. Yeah, that's fun. That's, I've been trolling Taco Bell for that reason. Yeah, like, that's like, a so, fun thing to do. So yeah, but if it really just becomes like you're just a brick wall, like it's funny. Recently, I've actually turned a couple people who came at me with hate, and I just responded in ways that by the end they're like. You know, you're cooler than I thought. You know, like, so like, it's yeah. just like, I sort of feel like, and not that I'm intending to do that, but I just want to be like, hey, let's talk about this logically. Yeah. You can actually, like, some guy was like, some guy tweeted, this has happened a couple days ago. He's like, uh, maybe I'll watch W. Kamau Bell's show because it can't be as unfunny as his commercials. And, and I thought that was like a funny, like, okay. Back. And so I was like, I was like, or you could just not watch it. You know, comedy is subjective. It's mm-hmm. not for everybody. Mm-hmm. He was like, well, that's true. You make a good point. Yeah, you know, it's a big world out and here. Anyone could follow this on your Twitter feed. Yeah. And I was see like, who you've converted. Yeah, I was like, it's a big world out here. Don't you have to watch it? Just, Speaking just of watch you- what you watch and don't watch what you don't want to watch. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, it's a good point. It was like sort of like... <laughs> that was very easy for you to flip people. Yeah, it was just like, why do we got to put extra hate out here? The world is clearly filled with hate right now. Why do we got to... I've noticed that. Why do we got to make extra hate? Speaking of hate, 
you were part of a very big movement when I first met you mm-hmm. 18 months ago. You and, and your two cohorts, who mm-hmm. are currently, I think they're both on your show, aren't one they? One of them is one of them. Uh, NATO wrote on the show briefly, is now back in San Francisco. Oh, he's he? got a wife and two kids. And... That's reasonable. Yes, yeah. Because like totally... I saw that, I, I said I'm on the writing step, but so she's still on the show. Janine is still on the show. Janine is still on the show, then. And you guys were touring, mm-hmm. and uh, it was, it, you were kind of following the Occupy movement at the time. Only sort of accidentally, because yeah. we ended, the Occupy movement happened while we were on tour. Yeah, like I saw you last in no- November 2011. Yes, a lot has changed the, since that then. That was the last time I was here, and so that's, I I talked about that a little bit tonight on stage. Yeah, yeah, you you were you were playing to a room of forty people. Yes, and then you sold it Packed. out. It became a room of sixty people. Yes, <laughs> which is great. Sitting on the floor, blocking I, fire. I could exits. not sit with my friend that night. Sorry, good great problem to have. Yeah, and so, I, that was a very successful night, and I still look back at that as a successful. It was. Night. And yeah. It was a horrible weather, if you remember. Yes, and it was at the tail end of the. And I don't movement. think there was a microphone either. Nope, it was. <laughs> they still don't have a microphone. It's yeah. just like against the ethos of the room. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, to be fair to them, they don't need a microphone. It's yeah, they don't. Small yeah, it's small, but. As a comic, you, I mean, I've I've done a lot of black box theaters. As a comic, it's nice. The thing about having a microphone is that you can actually talk over the laughter. Okay, I see that. I see that. Now you can make the laughter bigger if you can talk over it. Whereas if you if you, with no microphone, you have to sort of wait for the laughter to crest. What about when you're doing TV? Because isn't the point to not talk over the laughter? Or are you no on TV? Actually, you want to talk over the laughter. Really? You, I've learned that lesson the hard way, as you can see from early episodes of Totally Black. <laughs> you want to, You don't want to wait for the laughter. You want to like boop, 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 really? boop, boop, because people at home. It's that weird thing where, and I've told I've told, told this. It's people at home when you're waiting for the laughter to finish. People at home are like, why is he just standing there? Got it. Okay, that makes sense. No, that makes sense. It made sense to me when I told me that way. So you have to like, you're sort of performing for the people at home, Mm -hmm. kind of as much if not more than you perform for people in the room. That completely makes sense. Here's a weird question that very, very few people in the world ever have to answer. Is it weird that you stand up with a microphone and then do TV without a microphone? And when I say, I mean holding a microphone. No, yeah, I think that there's a, you know, I remember Tom Rhodes when he had his uh, television show said his biggest problem was trying to figure out what to do with his hands. Yeah, what what, what do you do? Well, if you watch Sully Bias, you know, I'm still figuring that out. (laughs) I do watch Sully Bias. It's usually chest up. They usually don't do full body unless you're There's a lot of the the triangle of death. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. the sort of the, where you put your hands into a triangle and then you sort of talk. Because I use my hands a lot. Yeah, and so now it's funny. One of my big focuses of the next, because I, you have to I, you have to constantly keep picking things apart, and people will pick things apart for you, and some things you have to figure out on your own. So I'm trying. So I'm just there's a part like I got to do more things with my hands. <laughs> like, like, like Stuart, the guy, all the people at the desk have the benefit of the desk. Like you just put your hands on the desk, or you pick them up, or you put them back. Okay, the desk. you occasionally wear a jacket. Yes, you, I don't think you've ever worn a suit coat. Suit coat. No, I have. I've not. Not like not, not like with a suit. No, 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 no. There, you instantly have something to button, something yeah. to put your hands behind. Would mm-hmm. you consider doing that just for hand movement? Yeah, I, I would. I would. It's. I've talked to. I've actually gone to. Uh, it was totally behind the music. Uh, teleprompter training. Because that's a they thing. have that. They have. Yeah, who they teaches have, that? People who are former like news anchors and stuff. I, the woman who teaches it certainly looks. That's funny you say that. She certainly looks like she could have been a news anchor. But yeah, people who I would imagine who really were good at it, and then just, like a lot of things, people who teach things. It's not that those who can't teach; it's just those who don't get all the opportunities. Those who can teach mm-hmm. sometimes. So you're, she's, you're sticking with the positivity. I've noticed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. it helping? Yeah, because it would be so easy to be negative. But and you negative, have a lot. for me personally, some people are fueled by negativity. I can only be fueled by the negativity of the things I actually give a shit about. Okay. If I'm needless, I was thinking about my Twitter feed earlier today. Actually, there's tweets I did like probably two years ago that I'm like, why would I? <laughs> why oh, would I, I know so why you'd that? be so mad about that. Something. Seriously. So I just feel like something, but I'm, no, not like real. Like 
like causes. Like sometimes you, I mean, people lose on Twitter all the time. Like some sort of tweet about some sort of celebrity that you don't really actually care about. Okay, but, but you're opportunistic and about you can make like a <laughs> joke about them. Absolutely. But here's the thing. You were not in a very great place two years ago comparatively to now. Yeah, how do you mean? <laughs> Financially? You mean like, well, okay. Career? Career, yeah. You were not, you did not have a child two years ago because your child is almost two. Mm-hmm. You're probably under a lot of stress right. under that. Worried about, I mean, to me, it makes a lot of sense to just lash out and it's an easy Well, see, but, but I think that that's, but even two years ago, I was starting to understand what it, because this is, I mean, as you sort of move forward in show business, mm-hmm. this isn't a, you have to get specific about, especially as a, well, in any comedy and music, at some point you want to get specific about the thing you do and how, because the more specific you get and the more you work that angle, the better you get at it. And I think sometimes okay. Twitter encourages like a shotgun approach, okay. where you yeah. just are like, "I hate this," and "I hate it." Like there's sort of this sort of like verbal diarrhea that yeah. I sort of find that if I get caught up in, I'm sort of pulling strength and time away from the things I actually give a shit about. Okay. So like for example, like I will think of a tweet about like you know whatever, just Kim Kardashian, mm-hmm. and I'll be like, "Do I need to?" Yeah. <laughs> because I really don't have any. Unless there's something I actually have beef with about that thing, like I mm-hmm. said, not, like I don't have beef with Taylor Swift. I can notice the phenomenon, yeah. but I don't have like any. It'd be really okay. Easy to okay, go here, to... here's a here's a great, like Tina Fey's on the wall right near. We're looking yeah. at Tina Fey. Yeah, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, brilliant jokes, the Golden Gloves, yes. and then Taylor, Taylor Swift sicked her followers on her. That's a good reason, as a comic standpoint. To not like someone. And what did they... But, but they both had great responses. They kind of made fun of her and they're like, we're so sorry, you're a beautiful young lady. We, well, we yeah, what, yeah, the movement. Yeah, it was like... Something to that yeah, they were, and they were also and like, I don't, And they were also like, we don't think we... They sort of like... It was really sort of a questioning of like her definition of what the movement is. Yes. <laughs> which, and that's great. Which I felt was like an actual question. Like they yeah. weren't really... They weren't really trying to make fun of her. They were like, I don't think we have a difference of opinion of how this works. And so I think Tina Fey is a great example of like... She has totally honed in on what her thing is, mm-hmm. and so she's probably not going to sit at home and be like, "Man, like Justin Bieber looks like an asshole today." <laughs> like you know, because like, it's just like, but why would you... she does not have a nightly show, which you will have soon. That's true, and you know that's the. But I would say this, and this is what I say to the writers in the writers room: John Stewart doesn't get into areas he, you know, generally the Daily Show generally. does what it does. Okay, but you're not as stuck to politics as him, which is great. Why is that good? Because I you don't you don't you don't think that like you put it's the Jack White thing. You have three elements. It's you you put yourself in a box. Therefore, you're going to get more out of it. You're just open ended. You can do whatever you want. But I'm not. But see, I'm not open ended because even with having the show, not I'm wedded to culture and society in a way that he's wedded to politics. Okay, but like, isn't okay? Like, I'm sorry. Like if, no, no, no. Like so, if you look at my act, mm-hmm. a lot of the things I'm talking about, if you step away, are like these are cultural movements about people. They're mm-hmm. not. They're not about John Boehner. Blah blah blah. Yeah, which, of course. Which John Stewart, not the John Stewart's really into the John Boehner said, uh, Lindsey Graham said. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of like, if they get really egregious, I'll go into that, but I'm not going to follow their daily no. events. No, you'll pull it together when you could have like four or more examples. And, and yeah, when it's theme. like when it's about a movement of like, hey, can we look at yeah, this? Of course. Or, and so for me, it's like, like right now, like uh, the for example, like right now, there's all these sort of news stories about. Uh, Basically about issues of trans people, mm-hmm. trans you know people transgender, transsexual. There's all these different labels, and I'm like, I would like to talk about that on the show. I don't have to wait for a, a big story, no, necessarily, but I can sort of feel like that's something I want to talk about because that seems to be to be the next area that we're going to get into as a culture. I don't have to wait for Lindsey Graham to talk about. You it. might be the first host to do this, not in a specialty network as well. Well, yeah, and I think FX is, but what a better? There's probably not a better place to do it than FX because they really just sort of like just do what you do. 
There's so far so good. Yeah, they 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 just don't want to get sued. <laughs> like, you know, like I would love you can't. I would love if you're the one on that network that gets sued, not Russell Brand. Yeah, 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 yeah. not not Jim Jeffries, but you. Yeah, yeah. No, which is you know certainly we have had things where they're like you can't do that because we get sued. So, do you make right. a conscious effort to put on uh, females on your show? I make a conscious effort to get as many different voices that aren't six foot four, two hundred fifty pound black guys. That's good. Keep doing that, please. So, so uh, women are a part of that. Yeah, uh, you know, like, <laughs> uh, you know. Um, yeah, but even but most other shows, they're not. No, I know. It's tr- I and mean, it's funny. A, the, uh, yeah, they're not. And that so, should not be refreshing, and it is. Yes, and I, and but I sort of feel like, for example, like we did a thing. Like you know, Janine has been on the show. Mm-hmm. Parn has been on the show. I want to get a part on the show more, uh, <laughs> as I keep sort of maybe bothering her with to write something for yourself. Uh, but like you know, like Guy Branham was openly gay. Mm-hmm. Like when there's he had the thing about the football players, these San Francisco 49ers players who were sort mm-hmm. of like weirdly homophobic. He sort of we put him on the show to talk about it. Yeah. I could have talked about it, but it was like no, let's have him talk about Absolutely. it. Absolutely, he's got a bigger stake in it. So yeah. I'm just a fan of people on the show who can talk about the thing and have a stake in it. Of course, and not just a commentary, not just a snarky commentary. That but makes actually sense. have a stake in whether in who wins or loses. And you can still do the snarky commentary and have fun with it. It's not you like can still, it's off yeah. the table. You can still be snarky in that, yeah. but it just means more because you have a stake in it. Because yeah. <laughs> you actually you do think it's important if somebody wins or loses. Tonight is you're in sixth and I. It's a beautiful synagogue, literally Jesus. a synagogue. Yeah. It's beautiful. I said Jesus. I missed the word <laughs> Moses. Moses. Moses Christ. And now you're going to be doing Carolines. Yeah, that's the opposite. Why are you doing that? Because these are who offered us. The fair money. enough. Fair enough. No, that, the end. Moving on. Okay. Yeah, no, no. I mean, like, well, I'll say this. Caroline's was the only is the only club in New York that reached out to me before I had a TV show and really put, booked me on shows. That's wonderful. Caroline. That's great people, to hear. Louis Fernand and Caroline. I didn't know who they. I mean, I've met them now. Yeah. Like, my manager was like, "Yeah, they want you." I'm like, "Why would they want?" Yeah, me? yeah. Because you... I opened for Dick Gregory twice at Caroline's. Oh, cool. That's uh, awesome. So yeah. So for me, it's like. I'd certainly understand it's a mainstream New York comedy club in Times Square. Yeah. I and so I don't know what kind of audience we're gonna get. I'm trying to get as many of my people as possible, but you could be you know, well but it's New York though. It's New York. And so yeah. it's also like but it's also that thing where like sometimes people go, I don't go to Times Square. You know, like you know I so understand completely. My my Brooklyn fans might not make it to Times Square. Yeah. But, Speaking uh, of Brooklyn, you're not from there. No, no, I'm not from You're there. from the Bay Area. Basically. Yeah. Why did you move the, why did you decide to do the show there? Uh, Instead of, say, like, L.A. or San Francisco. Uh, well, first of all, you can only do shows like this in places where the industry lives. So L.A. or New York. York. So that's, first of all, San Francisco. Other towns can't support stuff like this. Yeah. The amount of industry. Like, do they have all the people, mm-hmm. but they don't have it on a date. In a, like, oh, no, it's, a, it's sadly understood. I completely yeah. relate. But so, at yeah, the same so, time, the moving f- it, four hours versus across the country, it's a big deal. It is a big deal, but the reason why is because our, our executive producer is a guy named Christopher Julius Rock. But he, does he really care that he's like there? He wanted to be there. He oh, wanted really? to be as close to his house as possible. Like, oh, seriously? Yeah. He really wanted to be able to be, like, sort of poke his head in at any time. That's kind of nice. He, yeah, no, it's great. So he's we've done 19 shows. He's been to 18 of them. Holy God, really? And he, the one he wasn't at because he was in L.A. doing a thing. He flew back one time for a show and oh got there God. halfway through. The only time he wasn't there, he actually watched it on closed circuit camera and then called in. Like, there's a feed that the network yeah, yeah. watched that he watched. And he called in when he had a couple suggestions. Does that weird you out, or is it just now this is how the TV show works? It's finally now gotten to the point of, like, this is just how it works. It was, you know... One of the funniest people of all time just, like, happens to be literally watching everything I do. Yeah, and he's really, he's he's really direct. I mean, the thing that I think that I've learned most from him, I mean, I've learned a lot of things from him, is that he's really direct about how he does things, and he's really, like, 
kind of has no, it weirdly has no ego about it. If it's funny, do it. If it's not, don't mm-hmm. do it. So, uh, and you can fight for something going, I believe this is funny. Yeah. And he can be like, I don't. And he's like, do it. But I just let you know I don't think it's funny. And then you sort of have to, if it ends up being funny, he'll go like, I was wrong. And if it doesn't end up being funny, he's like, I told you. <laughs> so he'll still let you go out and try it. And yeah, like he, it's not even a let thing. He's just sort of, it's like he's another comic voice. And he's like, I have experience. But you, you know? have to take that voice a little bit more seriously than, say, anybody else in the room. Well, yes. Well, no. The reason why you take it more seriously is because he generally has the best jokes in the room. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so, like, who's, so, who's somebody that we don't know about that is very funny that's uh, maybe in the writer's room that has not yet been on camera? Uh, Ethan Berlin. I don't know who that is. Exactly. Ethan Berlin. There's New a York thing. Guy? There's a species called. Yeah, he lives in New York. There's a species called comedy writer, <laughs> which is just people who Ethan I think did stand up. He said once or twice. Really? Never, I, he said he never. Really, he just wanted to be a comedy writer. So. Uh, and so he's a comedy writer. He's super funny. And, and he's on Twitter, I'm assuming? Yeah, he's on Twitter. follow him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ethan Berlin. I That's think awesome. It's, so he's super funny. Like he, and he sort of gets the show and sort of, it's funny, he's a white Jewish guy, but he gets my voice really well. And so so maybe I'm biased because he gets my voice. So I think he's really funny. Did you but, say bias because it's the name of your show? It's funny. I find myself saying the word bias a lot more because it's the name of the show, but I find it's a good way to... Who decided to name it that? It one, We had all these stupid names for the show. Everybody was coming up with stupid names, including myself. And, like, uh, and then, like, at one point, we were th- there was a push to call it, like, the bell curve, because that's the name of my solo show. I do remember that. Yes, yes, but yes. But I, ha- I didn't have enough name recognition to force that through. <laughs> like, you know, okay. like, you know, it's uh, every other, it's only the Daily Show with Jon Stewart, because Jon Stewart didn't get there first. Understood. If he'd gotten there Understood. first, it'd be called the Jon Stewart Show. And that bombed. It didn't bomb. It was on MTV for a year. Yeah, exactly. So it already did exist. He was good enough that they're like, maybe we need to give him a different show. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... So they, so we're like, we didn't go with the bell curve. And then one day I was like, look, we seem to, I know how, I'm a big fan of titles and I mm-hmm. understand how titles work and titles are super important. So I was like, we just need to get on the phone, me, Chris, and Chuck Scalar, the other producer, and just hammer it out. Yeah. Like, I think if we just get on the phone, because we all email and so yeah, just send yeah, a yeah. list of words and somebody sends a list of words and they're just all words. And so we got on the phone and about a half hour we hammered it out. It's not a bad title. No, you, I think it's a, it's are a, you happy with it? I'm happy with it. Good. I was happy with it right away. Like Chris was like, I think if my memory is correct, uh, Chris was like, I like the word biased. I yeah. do too. And, and but yeah. your acronym is not the best. Totally. No, not the acronym. Oh, oh, T- what, TV. TV. <laughs> yeah. That's not. I've thought about it. The okay. T- yeah, but uh, you know, just that's also memorable. <laughs> Certain, of course, but not always for the right reasons. Yeah, but like he said, biased, and I was like, no, you need something else. I yeah. remember I was like, can you something else? Like totally biased, and then we sort of all went totally. Totally biased, totally biased, and it, we felt like that was exactly. It's good. It's good it's because good. it says comedy and it says news without saying news. Yeah, it says sort of like current events of the day and news without. Speaking actually... of news, what do you read or watch uh, and or listen to? Sorry. It's funny. I really go through like uh, phases where I'll be like all of this thing. So like recently, like it's funny. Because CNN has been so bad, I've been watching a lot of CNN. I'm just like, a lot of CNN? Like a lot, a lot more than I used to So are to you watch. watching news differently because you have the show and you're like, you're pulling from that more? Okay. Yeah, like I'll go through stages where I'm like, because everybody's going to give you some version of the story. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to miss the story. But uh, I was watching a lot of CNN in the last couple of days like, man, this is really not awesome. Yeah, well, uh, to, for the listener at home, we are recording this the weekend after the Boston tragedy. Yes. Are you really glad you were not on TV this week or really happy you, like... It's, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, there's weeks when we were totally biased where people would be like, you got to be happier on air this week because of some big story. And mm-hmm. you're like, I don't really know. It's hard to figure this out. Yeah. And then there's times where you're like, thank God. Like, after this 
president mentioned Stonewall, I was super excited that we had the idea to do the drag queen talking about Stonewall. Yeah. I was like, this is fucking, nobody else is doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, a little bit, you just know that it's, that it's going to come and go. So I was kind of, you know, there's that sense of like, how do we cover this? But we would have. Yeah. Okay. And sometimes you figure out, you feel like, especially once a week, you don't got to say that much about a thing for people to know you covered it. But if you're, but no, you're nightly. Yeah, well, we'll be in the fall. Well, you know, but then you watch The Daily Show, and I've watched a lot more of The Daily Show now yeah. than ever before. A big story will break on, like, Saturday or Sunday, or mm-hmm. maybe Friday, and everybody's like, I can't wait to see The Daily Show does on Monday, and you'll watch on Monday, and they don't talk about it. Yeah. And you're like, hey, what happened? Because I, I would imagine they're like, we're, getting, we're still getting our shit together. Okay. <laughs> or we already had this story ready to go, and this will give us more time. So I feel like yeah. once you're on nightly, you get a little bit of a... A Cushion little bit maybe? of a, like, I can get it on Wednesday. <laughs> you know, like, I feel like you get to go, I'll get it, as long as you get it. Are you having fun? Uh, the last six episodes were actually starting to be fun. Because it's, I watched the first few, and you, you looked nervous-ish. Yeah, and I don't yeah. mean that as an insult. No, no, no. It just versus you being on stage, comfortable, doing it for years. Yes. It's a whole different, it's a yeah, whole different thing. But it thing. was still good, it was still your voice. No, yeah, no, it's, and I think it's gotten more my voice, and I think really, like, the thing that I've, that I've, I was talking to the writers about this, and they're going to come out and see me do stand-up this week at Caroline's, which I hope goes well, because if it bombs, it's not going to help. <laughs> but I was like, a lot of the writers don't know me as a stand-up. They just know really? me as the guy who got hired as the voice of okay. the show. Okay, okay. So they just know me as, like, he's the guy who's on the show, so yeah. I was right for this guy. So I think, but there's things I do in stand-up that I haven't been doing on the show that I'm like, even just ways of approaching material, that I'm like, I want them to come see me, because I feel like there's ways to harness some of this. That Like, like in stand-up, I will be like, Fuck you. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> that, that, or any, just even that attitude yeah. that I haven't really had on the show in a yeah. certain way. So I want to be... That there's more dynamics in stand-up with me than there is in the show. How's the wife? She's great. We finally got a permanent apartment in New York. Where? What neighborhood? Uh, I'm not asking for address. Side. Okay, that's good. Yeah. And I'm assuming you record somewhere in Midtown? Yes. That's wonderful. Yes. That's an easy commute. It's a very easy commute. Congratulations. Either by subway or taxi. That's wonderful. And, yeah. and you have the baby. Yes. But now you're at the point where you can still sleep. Ish, right? Yeah, no, she's starting to sleep through the night. So you're good. Uh, I mean, now you, now you have a nightly just, show. Just as I got comfortable, it's about to be turned upside down. But for all the good reasons. Yeah, but these are you know, this is a wonderful time. Well, that's for the problem. You. I feel like there should be a support group for everybody thinks I'm successful, but it's harder than they know. I don't think anybody <laughs> is thinking that it's easy. Well, no, but people do go like, for example, that was great, and you're like, oh yeah, and you can't really go. It's really I'm scared, and I don't know if it's going to work. And, no, I think that comes across, and I mean that in a good way. No good. <laughs> no, you, you're, you're showing yourself on a television where a lot of late night hosts do the exact opposite. They, they, they're putting on a mask and it's just like, this well, is a glossy sheen of nothingness and here we go. Here that's because I didn't want to be a late night talk show host. So I think See, that I do. My, that's the difference between us. It's horrible. Which, there's nothing wrong with that. but no, it's that's like, a horrible, sick thing to want to do. Well, it only is because there's only... Well, it's funny. I say there's only so many of those jobs, but then every now and again they add a new one. <laughs> Yours was created for that's what you. Saying. That's what, what I'm saying. What are you talking about? But like, that's what I'm saying. Is that you go, but the thing is, like, I didn't... Like, if you want to be, like, a late-night, hour-long talk show host, yeah. it's not that you can create your own, but you have to sort of come up with your own spin on it. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you have to wait for one of these other dudes to retire. Yeah. And like, then, Jimmy Kimmel will eventually retire. They're not. They're going to call the show something else, but they will have yeah, of course. that show. Or just they go back to Nightline. There'll yeah. be another Iranian then, hostage car. Because I know a friend of mine was, like, who's a comic, a very funny comic, and he sort of was, like, when he started getting in, like, things happening in Hollywood, he was like, yeah, you know, because one day Conan will retire, and <laughs> they'll need a new guy. And I just thought... Yeah, that, he would work on that, in that, and I don't want to name him just because I don't want to embarrass him for not It doesn't him. end well. Well, well, just because then out of nowhere, Jimmy Fallon came out of nowhere, and nobody was expecting him. <laughs> you know, like, you know, yeah. and it was like, and and I remember if I, I was like, man, if I was him, I'd be so, I'd feel like that guy wasn't even in the running. <laughs> you know, like, he was supposed to, he's supposed to have a movie career. Well, that's the thing. It's like, well, why why do you want to do what you do? 
I think you're doing it for the right reasons. You're yeah. not doing it for fame. You're doing if it because ship, you want to express totally a point of view, right? Ends up, yes, absolutely. If there totally bias somehow ends up not, like we do it four days a week and it crashes and burns, I still think like I can get my point of view out there somehow. Yeah. Just in a different format. I mean, in a wake, isn't your Twitter follower the best litmus test of all of this? Because those are your actual fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and yes. if they're going to stick with you regardless of whether you're on TV or on a stage, who cares? I feel I always look to the example of Henry Rollins. You gotta like work yeah, out a lot. Well, you gotta work out a lot. But Henry Rollins just sort of talks, and whatever seg- they thing they put him in, yeah. he's had a talk show. He's he had- hasn't, and it wasn't bad. Actually, no, it wasn't bad at all. No, it was. Pretty I sort of think about that show with my show a lot. It just he did ten minutes. He did five minutes up front of some sort of jokes. Then he did a piece. Then he had an interview. That's a, half a good hour. point. Yeah. And then Henry Rollins, but he'll talk on stage for two hours. I know. Or he'll talk. He'll talk. Or he'll come to your talk oh, show. He'll write talk. a short story about how he wants to fuck in culture. Yeah, and so he just sort of does. He's just sort of like, just put me where you're going to put me. I'm still going to be Henry Rollins. So you sometimes see, I'm behind a microphone screaming and yelling and with so based on pants. your living color reference and your yes. black flag reference, you really liked punk rock in like '87, '88, '89. Yeah, that's good. Yes. <laughs> you're in a good. You missed record store day. Yes, yes. Oh, no. well. Yeah. Um, thanks for doing this. Thank you for you having me. You don't need plugs at all. People know who well, you, you know, are. Totally let's, biased, May 9th. Please let's plug your writers. Janine Burrito's awesome. Janine Burrito. I already awesome. know her. Give Hari, out some names. Hari Kondabolu, who's an incredible comic. Uh, Isn't Aparna one of your writers? Aparna Narncella. Yeah, I was going to get to her. She's I'm a, sorry. Aparna. Aparna Narncella is a great writer and a great stand-up, and she's, they've all performed in the show. Dwayne Kennedy, who's a Chicago comedy legend. Performed on the show. He was Fred. I didn't Douglas. realize he was one of your writers. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, he's he has written all the pieces he does. He writes majorly, and then other people help. Uh, who else? Um, oh, Guy Branham. Yeah, who was, uh, used to be on Chelsea lately, and we uh, we he, we stole him from the ether. Uh, Kevin Kataoka, who's a great stand-up comic, but also a longtime comedy writer. Uh, Ethan Berlin, I mentioned Ned Goldreyer, who used to write for The Simpsons. Wow, cool. He wrote one of the he wrote one of the Treehouse of Horror ones. Nice. Uh, so, or what was a part? I don't know if you wrote the whole thing, but it's a part of it. Uh, Once this whole ride is over, it could be. It could be. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping like 50 years you'll get everything you've ever wanted. I really want to ask that guy how much he made one season right on your show, or just <laughs> yeah, yeah. one episode no, yeah. of that Treehouse of Horrors. Ned smiles a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Ned seems pretty. Who else? I don't want to admit now. I'm naming writers. Oh, Kevin Avery, who's the head writer, who I've known since San Francisco days. That's we used wonderful. to do a movie review team called Cisco and Negro back in the day. That's uh, great. And then is that? Uh, and then we're going to hire some new writers in the fall. Let me make sure I have thought of everybody. And by yes. the way, good luck with hiring those writers because after this show, you were doing a meet and greet, and you have to put up with so many awkward. This is an awkward exchange. I know that, but <laughs> at least we're recording it. You have to put up with literally hundreds of them, a lot of which are comics pitching you. Well, you know, and it, it doesn't bother me because, I, like I said, a year ago I was on the other side of that. So you were going to shows and. After. Not necessarily pitching people, but wanting to go to you want to go you want to they want to make a connection, of course, and they want to be feel like that they, they had an exchange with you. And I've been on the other side of that. All of the course, while. I've stood next to Mark Marin, being like, I just think that one joke you did about <laughs> um, Waco about uh, the, the Waco yeah. thing was really like I've done that. So yeah, and you know, and, and and if anyone's listening, you guys are cool based on his podcast. Yes, yes, <laughs> Mark has been. Yeah, so I went from like the awkward guy to like you yeah. know I've been on his podcast a few times now. And you know our relationship is still awkward, but uh, I love Mark. Like he, you know, he sort he gave me a really good advice at one very critical port of my career that uh, I was I was sort of with a big comedy manager, but they wouldn't tell me if I was with them or not. And and I got I sort of was investigating and like trying to figure out if I wanted to go to another manager who didn't I hadn't talked to him like I didn't know if this manager would even take me. Mm-hmm. But I was just like I was just like I feel like I want to try to see if that manager would take me, and. Uh, I called him because he had, and he was like, 
go with the person who will answer your phone call. Yeah. And I was like, and that was the other manager. I was like, yeah. this person I think, I believe will answer my phone call. That is some good sound Mark Marin advice. Yes. Thanks for doing this, man. Yes. Thank you for having me. It's good. I'm glad we fit it in.